0: and welcome to Business Without Bullshit. I'm Pippa Sturt and alongside me is my co-host Simon Walsh.
1: Hi Pippa, how are you today?
0: I'm good, thank you. And today we're joined by Jodie Rowe. Hi Jodie. Hi, how are you going? Good, thank you. Jodie runs Rowe Advisory, which has offered gig economy consulting services for the last 10 years and has offices in London, Brisbane, Perth and Adelaide. All in Australia, in case nobody was wondering. Uh, Jodie also hosts her own podcast, Tough Talk with Jodie Rowe, covering all aspects of energy transition and what that means for jobs, opportunities, net zero, carbon credits, and everything else. Hi, Jodie, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you.
2: This is very exciting. I've never been a guest. Oh, well, there you go. On someone. You're
0: on the other side of the mic, and you're on the same side of the mic. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And it's a different level of nervousness. Normally, I don't here but today maybe i do
0: i always think it would be easy because you don't have to worry about what questions you're asking people you can just like make it up as the guest oh. you'll just make it up
2: well i can make up whatever you want me to make there's no one to fact check anything yeah, <laughs> straight to
0: the press so we usually start off by asking you what's keeping you up at night from a business point of view obviously and not As some people like to answer, I drink too much coffee. Yeah, okay. (laughs) You know,
2: outside of the normal things of business, you know, it could be cash flow, clients, issues, consultants. No, I I don't wake up thinking, oh my God, manage the risk. No, I don't. So there's really nothing that does keep me awake at night. I really tried to think about what did, but...
0: Is that because you've structured row advisory in such a way that it runs on its own? Oh, God,
2: no. no. <laughs> but No, I think it's when you get older. I'm 59, so you know you care less.
1: I thought you were just going to say because I've got good sleeping pills. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: a bit of melatonin doesn't yeah. help every now and then. I am flying internationally, but no, I just don't think you sweat the small stuff. And there's a, you know, in business, there's a lot of stuff that you can stress over, but what is the point? I quite like that. Yes, I'll, so do I. I'll take yeah. that. Thanks.
1: But I think we're all like that. I mean, I think you're you're right. You do sweat the small stuff, and then you get to a certain age where you go, "God, why did I waste so much energy? Why did I lose so much sleep over that? Because it's not important." Yeah,
2: I think it also helped when I went to a financial planner recently, and they
1: said you're okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Fuck,
2: okay. Well, I'm not going to worry anymore."
1: Mine's yet to say that to
2: me.
0: So, <laughs> so tell us a bit about Road Advisor and what it does. Uh, so. Bro Advisory
2: provides predominantly contracts and procurement supply chain services and it's done divided into three separate sections. So, it's an advisory where someone asks us to come and look at their systems and processes, et cetera, or their organisational chart relative to the function. So, we come in and do that work. Then we do provide people, you know, in that contract labour contingent workforce market, where they just need people to come in for a major project. You know, good good procurement people. I mean, the UK's lucky. It's got some fantastic qualified QSs, et cetera. So it's a really good market to be in. And then uh, recruitment as well. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's really focusing on those three. We haven't done a lot of recruitment in the UK. I think that's simply because we've been sort of inundated. How long have you
0: been in the UK for? Oh,
2: about five years. Okay. Yeah, about five years. Uh, We have consultants that have done a lot of work in Australia. Um, Again, playing to the fact that you've got great subject matter experts here. You have a huge pool of people. And it's also an ageing industry too. So there's a lot of people that want three days, four days work. They can work remotely. They can be trusted, all of that sort of stuff. So the model does lend to people that you can trust to do remote work. And Jodie, how
1: did you get into Row Advisory? I mean, if you look at your CV, you've got some very big names, Rio Tinto, Barrick Gold, particularly a straight Rio Tinto is a global brand. Barrick Gold is possibly less known. But how did you go from doing very senior jobs within that sector into Roe Advisory? What was the catalyst?
2: Okay, well, my father died <laughs> that's probably the catalyst yeah was really so, yeah. don't make decisions when things like that happen but it how was old actually how at this point 49 or something like that
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah did I tell you that?
0: No, but you you said you're 59, and this has been going for 10 years. Yeah, and my maths is bad, but it's not that <laughs> bad. <laughs> no,
2: you are very good. Very well tough. done. Um, so that that became the catalyst, and I remember having conversations with Mum talking about, you know, she wanted, do you want to go onto boards? Do you want to do some consulting? And it just seemed like the right time. So that that was the catalyst to doing it and he died in october i left there at the end of december
1: wow okay
2: um mid december and then i started straight away it was not hard at all i mean there were people that just wanted me it was it was it was a bit it was a bit unique because you're in a contracts and procurement function um, heading up the asset so you have a great network. People wanted you not just for contracts and procurement but for business development. You know a lot of people, how mm. can you help us? Yeah, yeah. And um, that was good because within six months I got on a ASX-listed board um, which opened my network up more so I got to explore all different types of boards over the last 10 years to select which ones I want to be on. And the business just grew. In fact, August was our best month ever this year.
0: Were you not in any way trepidatious about going out on your own, doing your own thing? I, I think initially because
2: you, you've you got to back yourself. But, I mean, people think it's risky doing your own business versus working for someone. It's the same. It's the same he level can still of risk. Get fired, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. You know, like you've just got to back yourself and get on with it. And I come from a big commercial family, you know, runs their own businesses and things like that. So, I mean, I've been a witness to that type of thing before, so.
1: To some extent, I think that's good experience, but experience you perhaps didn't realise you had. But, you know, when you're observing yeah. family in business, you know, you, you see them taking risks, you kind of, you know, you, you absorb stuff kind of via osmosis, if you like. Yeah. And that's possibly helped you sort of... Kind of do away with the the fear factor. I mean, I, I know a lot of people. You know, if they make the decision to go on their first board, they're very fearful of of what that potentially means for them, and a lot of people kind of hold back a little bit. But that's uh, amazing. Oh, yeah. Amazing that you sort of went straight onto an ASX board. And
2: oh, so there's a bit of a story there because the chairman had heard about me through another board member. So I flew to Sydney, got you know interviewed by the other board members, or you know which meant we just went out to dinner. And <laughs> um, he's when he rang, he said, you know, I've heard about you. You seem to know. What did he? It was the exact words. Was you seem to know some shit about this stuff? And I went, oh, okay, <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> and then I paused. And he said, please don't be one of those fucking women that's that's gonna think about this. Just do it. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit.
0: I mean, in some ways it was quite nice. In some yeah. ways it was immensely sexist.
2: No, nah, not at all. Not compared to what else has been said <laughs> to me over the years. <laughs> it was exactly what I needed yeah. to get a kick up the ass yeah. and get on with it.
0: Well, you said it earlier, just back yourself and go yeah. for it. So, what's the long-term goal of of Roe? You know, for years, I spent
2: months doing business plans Mm -hmm. and, you know. All the stuff you're supposed to do. Yeah, and I just gave up. Because, I mean, it's me. You know, regardless of the numbers of people that work for you, you're your own, you know, you're the sole director of all these companies. So, you know, it's not that hard. So, I have a, a plan on a page. That's it. So... You know, I think the most important thing, the goal is to keep your reputation clean, right? That's really, doesn't matter whether it's five people or 50 people, the reputation is what, and your network is what keeps the business going.
0: So it's a lot about the people. No, it's about
2: the clients, having good clients. It's about having good people. I don't have any problem children. They're all industry experts. They've come from industry. They're not consultants from big firms or anything like that. So they are people that have done this work before and they've done it well. And they've all worked for big tier one companies, some mid-tier ones. So, you know, you're not there. If you have to manage these people day to day, you're in trouble. But I, I don't have that problem.
1: And Jodie, how do you go about managing the the, the London business time zone-wise? Are, are you here four or five times a year? Are you here once a year?
2: <laughs> yeah, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, we have a managing consultant here, Olivia, which has been, she's been doing a lot of business development and I'm now sort of stepping up a bit more to support the business in the UK. Which will be good. I mean, it is a good market for us, you know, same legal system, mm-hmm. same language, you know you've you've still got the same issues that we do, slightly different geography <laughs> and and more people, more mm-hmm. working people than what we have. Yeah. It's terrible. So you know it's a it's a five o'clock on, yeah, yeah, but I can only do it for you know till like nine or ten. I'm a sleeper. I don't drink, so I'm always asleep. Right, sleeping. Yeah, that's yes, well, one <laughs> I love it. I love it. I kind of design my business around how I want to operate personally, mm-hmm. which means every morning I walk. So I I do a lot of hiking. So I've done parts of the Camino. I've done a walk in Tasmania. I did Mount Kosciuszko, walked up to the top and down. Oh, amazing. So I, I I need to do that every morning. Do you walk on your own or do
0: you walk with other people?
2: Yeah, I'm probably too bad to walk with other people too often. <laughs> 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 I talk to the dogs. I talk to myself. It's this lunatic up in the hills talking to herself. I, I, it doesn't bother me if I walk with people but I, it's thinking time it's podcast time it's,
0: see yeah I love to listen to podcasts and books on tape and when people say oh I'll come with you when you say you're going to walk somewhere, you think please don't come with me I want yeah, to be on my yeah. own it's,
2: yeah it's yeah. my time it's always my time by the way but <laughs> it's definitely my time I love it I love, I love the walking
0: and what, what do you think the biggest problem is that you face as an industry or as a sector constraints on resources it right? doesn't matter where you go. You know, we got an inquiry
2: for a project in Arizona and, you know, 300 and what, how many people in the US looking for people. So it's just, yeah, people.
1: Just just a, gl- a global problem, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And you could take that risk on and you could put on 50 people, but then your quality is compromised. Like, I, I have no intention of being that greedy that you've got to, you know, change your whole value system to, to chase a dollar. It's just not worth it. You just want good people, but it's the constraint on resources and it's, you know, it's not necessarily feeding them because you can work with all the big companies. That's what we've got, right? So I think it's more trying to just get good people. And if it means that that's the number you sit at as 20 or 30, well, then that's the number you sit at. Plenty of people have told me, you know, it could have 25 40% growth. I'm like, well, you fucking do it? Because I'm not doing
1: <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you, fi- you find me the people, and I'll, I'll show yeah, you the growth. But,
2: uh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, my sister works in the business. She does all the all the bookwork, right? So it's literally just the two of us that manage all of it. So that's nice. Yeah. Well, well she's retiring in March. Uh, so, so <laughs> no, that's okay. So, <laughs> so it's, it's okay. going to
1: just become you, Jody. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'll be doing
2: invoices. Uh, no, no, y- you're
1: going to have to <laughs> give up a bit of sleep to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> no, no, it's not negotiable, <laughs> nor the walking.
1: What's been your biggest failure or fuck-up in work? Oh, it's got to be trusting
2: people. Mm, yeah. yeah I, I, you know, I've had a couple of experiences in the last 10 years. It's like you talk about taking on risk. I've had a couple of those experiences where, you know, that someone introduces you to someone that you've never met and then mm. it just goes to shit. Yeah, mm.
1: but, but the, same, the same happens for people that you've met as well. I mean, the number of guests we've had on the podcast that have said, you know been royally screwed by their best mates or something like that. Oh, so. wow.
2: You know, if I could look back to my education and think, okay, how could you have the education system or my parents told me how to read people better? You know, there's so many gaps in the education system about running your own financials, how to be commercially astute, not maths. There's yeah. so many things that yeah. get missed. Um, and that for me is one of them. Not my, None of my... Well, none of my parents have (laughs) any.
0: As as with most people, that's the thing.
2: My parents never sat me down and said, "Right, this is how you trust people, or this is how you read people." Yeah, yeah. My sister's very good at it, and so is my mother. She picked Megan straight off the bat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know how you would teach that because I do think it's a like you know some people are just good at it.
1: Yeah, some it's an innate skill. You either have or you haven't. I'm not sure. You can really teach people.
2: Then I need to take someone with me. Yeah. Like a human... A- crap meter or something. Yes. You know, like <laughs> they can come along with me. Because I'm, you know, now I'm cautious to the point where there is no equity sharing. I'm not having anyone else be a minority in my business. Oh, I can pay you more, I can incentivize you more, but that's not happening. Mm. So, I'll be 80 and I'll still be out there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jody, what's the best piece of advice you were ever given?
2: Well, it's probably a, a few. One was, you know, your 50s are about commercializing your network. And that's so true. Okay. Right? People underestimate, un- underrate whatever you want to say about your network. And. You know, fortunately for me, I spent the first five years flogging myself, talking at every conference, being in Houston, oil and gas shows, over here, and all of that sort of stuff. I talked in Singapore. Every opportunity I could get, women in procurement, non-whatever's in procurement, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was just what I was going to do to get my name out there. So now, 10 years on, you know, it's it's easier to commercialise your network.
0: Yeah, I mean it's also that thing. I think when with lawyers, when you're younger, you're kind of encouraged to build your network and do business development and stuff. But all the people you're building your network with are all juniors in companies like you, because those are the people you're yeah, coming they're your across. Peers. Right? As you get into your, you know, sort of late forties and fifties, those people are all all getting to the top of where they are alongside you. So that's when. Commercializing it is, is the best time to do it, really. I, would have
2: I mean, one of the, my employees recruited me at Rio Tinto. So she was over here based in London. And she was one of the general managers. So we've, you know, whether they're from Barrack or whether they're from Rio or Santos or, you know, QGC, BG or whatever, I mean, that's what's valuable. And I think people don't get that it's not a one way thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done plenty of things for clients for nothing you know, like, it's it's a two-way thing and I don't, I don't, I'm don't, very grateful for my network. And I do a lot for them and things like
0: the event the other night is just to say a simple thank you. So we've done the best piece of advice you've ever been given. Like, <laughs> let's do the flip side. What's the worst advice you've ever been given?
2: Yeah, I know you trust. can trust him. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, well, that's bullshit. Yeah. It's not one instance, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it no, really <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah,
2: I'm very cautious now.
0: Yeah. That's disappointing though. If people you know, like and trust are telling you to trust somebody else, you kind of assume that, yeah. that you can.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, like I, I work in a male-dominated environment and some people, you know, I, I've had people tell me that I shouldn't be a CEO, they don't like my style, I advertise myself That's too two much. There's a two-word answer
0: to that. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck off. off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: I think that pretty much came through my mouth, but they're there to knock you around, right? You'd have a bigger business if you're a bloke.
0: So you'd have a bigger business if you were a bloke. Yeah,
2: because you know, like you're, you don't get invited out on the Friday night pub. But he's suggesting you have a girl. sex change. I don't
0: <laughs> understand what he was assuming. How I that think would he help? Was, he was just <laughs>
2: stating the obvious, right? You're in a male-dominated environment, and although it's shifted slightly. I think BHP say now it's 31%.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, I think yeah. the, the gender balance is definitely improving.
2: Absolutely, and I think the whether it, and same with the boards, but whether it's actually genuine and people are living and breathing it, you know, I'm not sure.
0: Has there been any upside to being a woman in a oh, male yeah. dominated? You stick
2: out like them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you do.
2: And, and work it, right? Like. Well, someone said to me yesterday, "It's great because you get on panels mm. because they have to have their diversity and boards." I and, and, well, I was just going to say, yeah. "And
1: boards as well," but that's that's not a bad thing at all. So, it's not bad yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean,
2: I think the amount of people that are going through, you know, and doing the courses and things like that is good. But you know, there's a you know, there's this common thread that says that oh well, I've got to do a not-for-profit to get. I'm like, no, you don't. The only thing that will get you on those boards is your network. They are not advertised roles. They are, you know, who knows Mm. who and who's up who. Yeah. I'm off them all except for one. I have no intention of ever going
0: on another one. Oh, really? You just had enough?
2: I'm in my own lane. It's a distraction. And the more distractions you have, the more time-consuming, the less walking, the there's sleep and that's not <laughs> good so yeah it's all about me haven't you not got that
0: yeah no it sounded great I'm thinking of refashioning my entire life <laughs> Wait, to sleep more yeah <laughs> to sleep and walk and it's all about me so fuck the rest of you <laughs> and now a quick word from our sponsor
2: Business Without Bullshit is brought to you by Ori Clark straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935 you can find us at oriclark.com
0: is there something in your industry or in you know in business that you think is bullshit? Maybe compliance for a small business is just overrated. Oh, it's a shame Andy's not here. <laughs> he would he would love that. What would he love? The fact that you think compliance is bullshit. I don't know. They just keep pushing more stuff
2: on you. You know, like it's ridiculous. Like if you work in different legislation, uh, different jurisdictions, the tax returns you have to do and. Double taxation agreements and fucking forms and this and that. Bloody accountants. who well, is yeah?
1: <laughs> Wait, when you started the business, did you sort of go, okay, well, in ten years' time, this is where I want to be, or is it is it just?
2: No, when I started the business, I'm like, oh, billion dollar turnover. I'm going to be <laughs> <laughs> applying in my own private jet shortly, and you know, fuck you all. But no, yeah,
1: yeah, now I'm just. You're content with?
2: Well, I think you know. If you put yourself out there and you're vulnerable and you give it a good crack, and I think I have, coming up for 10 years, surviving commodity price dropping and COVID and things like that, there's, you know, whatever you measure success, to me that is a measure of success. It doesn't matter how much money I've made yeah. or anything like that, just to survive is in in that environment is good. But I have also been surrounded by a lot of supportive people yeah, as well, so I don't take that for granted, but I don't know. I think think it's done pretty well, considering.
0: Welcome to the 10-second quick-fire round. This is where we're going to ask you a list of questions to get to know you a little better, and you have about 10 seconds to answer each question, and it never works. Okay,
2: Okay, good, good. I'm glad it doesn't work. (laughs) Absolutely never works.
0: Yeah. Antonio, cue the music.
1: Jodie, what was your first job?
2: It was working in a cafe in Harndorf. And I left because they were underpaying me. Oh, there you go. Where's oh, Handel? It's just outside of Adelaide. Okay.
1: Up in the Adelaide Hills, settled by German settlers.
0: Oh, look at you and your, and your my history. superior
1: Australian knowledge.
2: Well done. <laughs> I'm impressed.
0: Um, what was your worst job? Every
2: job since. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just going to say the Hang cafe it. was the
2: highlight. <laughs> 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 Should have been a barista. Uh, so when i came back from london i worked for a seismic company over here for a couple of years i went back and it was the uh, banana republic era in australia and i started ironing and i built up a little ironing business no one would know this oh my god
0: you ironed
2: i ironed i
0: hate I, i that would literally be my worst job
2: I don't iron anything. I dry clean now. I I send it out.
1: Pepper outsources. uh, I send it out to somebody
2: else to iron. (laughs) I'm
0: not fucking ironing. So I
2: did that. I built it up and then I sold the business. Wow. There you go. Okay. I I did it. That is one thing I will never, ever do. (laughs) Do you ever, ever iron sheets? No. Oh, that was joy.
1: (laughs) 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 Favourite subject at school, Jodie?
2: I would have thought sport, if that was the subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Maybe maths. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah.
0: Any particular sport?
2: Oh, I used to do it all. Um, we used to ride horses when we were young. I was supposed to say ponies, but um, horses when we were young. Um, played hockey, softball. I used to do a lot of athletics, javelin, discus, all of that. well. Wow. My sister was the star. She was the academic sports captain of the school and blah, blah i was always lisa's sister
0: <laughs> sounds like a little bit of resentment yeah. <laughs> no not at all now
2: she's hmm. like oh i'm Simple.
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is about you know swings and roundabouts yeah whatever
2: yeah. Yep. um what's your special skill okay i actually um you know i i can't balance plates on my nose or anything like that so i don't have really disappointing yeah no. i otherwise uh, i would have shown you yeah. Um, I think, this is going to sound a bit wanky, but I actually think it is resilience and a bit of adaptability. Like, I just, I just keep coming back <laughs> to session. I think
0: mean, that's a good skill, and it doesn't sound as wanky as what most people say, which is communication. I'm a great communicator. So no, everyone... I think I'm probably a very offensive
2: communicator. <laughs> no. no, no, it's definitely resilience. Just keep, keep going. Yeah.
1: And what did you want to be when you grew up?
2: All right. First of all, a stripper. And I was very young. I've thought long and hard about this. I, that's You know, that was like under 10. Yeah. Uh. I don't know that I where knew what it you, was. Where, don't where don't did you... I don't know what they were doing Pick up the me. idea. No, I, sorry. I progressed to teaching.
1: From a stripper to teacher.
2: Stripper to teacher. And then I, I didn't get into teaching. I did all my work experience at a kindergarten. Um... Poor children, but then, then I did accounting,
1: yeah. Um, and what's your go-to karaoke song?
2: Right, first of all, when you don't drink, you do not do karaoke and you do not <laughs> dance.
0: So I have not danced for a long time. I'm so with you, I don't dance. But drinks. I don't do drinks. I do drink, but not normally to excess, so maybe that's why. No, nah, I think I'd, I'd go
2: for It's a Beautiful Day with you two. Okay, because I just think it's a great uplifting. It makes me happy. I'd be, I would be shit. <laughs> I, would, I would be bad.
0: My problem is that in order to lose my inhibitions enough to dance, you I have to have drunk so much that I can't stand up. Um, Office dogs. <laughs> Business or bullshit? Business. Absolutely. I've okay. got two cavoodles. They are my world. They
2: Two are what? Cavoodles. Cavapoos. Oh, right, okay. In the US, they call them copper dogs.
1: Very, very cute, fluffy dogs.
2: Yeah. I just went to barber this morning and bought them two new harnesses. (laughs) So all I've done is shop for harnesses.
1: (laughs) For the dogs, please. (laughs) I do share the spotlight with the
2: dogs. (laughs) And then finally, what's your vice? I I definitely think sugar. I, I just... Not always looking after myself. I think I'm do focus 100% of my attention on myself, but um, yeah, I just think
1: yeah, I'm a bit more on the health So if there side. was a whole plate of Hague's chocolate frogs
2: Oh, that's unfair, <laughs> <laughs> that's unfair.
0: <laughs> Excuse me while I Google Hague's
1: chocolate are frogs Are you kidding? No, no, they, they don't know them outside of Australia. They, they are the best chocolate frogs in the world without a doubt.
0: Any of them That's yeah. my
2: go-to gift Okay
0: uh, brilliant. Well, that was the end of the Quakefire round. Any recommendations for us on what we should be reading or listening to or watching?
2: Okay, outside of my own podcast.
0: Yeah, so your podcast was called?
2: Tough Talk with Jody Roy, and it's all about energy transition. So anything to do with net zero or reaching those targets. So, we've talked to hydrogen companies out of France, um, you know, uh, transmission people. I mean, Australia's issue on transmission is quite critical. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Offshore wind, onshore wind, solar, you know, natural, natural hydrogen, gas. We've talked to coal as well. And, you know, it's really trying to raise the awareness and educate a bit more. Because the media takes a very slanted view, it's it's quite polarising. Whereas, it's it's a massive issue, and it's not you know like you look at it here, putting fees and taxes on on all the, the the emissions fee and all of this sort of stuff. You know, really, what is that going to do?
1: So when you talk when you talk about transition, you're talking about transitioning from fossil fuels to more sustainable sources of energy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know,
2: and I mean. I think gas still plays an important role in that transition fuel and as it does here too. Um you don't have the necessary coal issues anymore but you know your offshore wind I mean whether they get onshore wind off the ground I personally can't see that happening. Mm. But um you know it is a massive issue you're 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 quite progressive on carbon capture. Um, As so, in the
1: UK, you think the UK is quite progressive? Yeah, with on... your clusters, okay. I,
2: I was only hearing about that yesterday. So we've got well, I don't know who we is, I. I've got a few people over here that I'm talking to to get them on the podcast. You know, especially around nuclear energy, we have uranium, but we don't. We have all the critical minerals. We're in a very fortunate position but we don't use uranium for power generation. Because Australia's
1: never used uranium for no, power, have they? No,
2: no, and I don't even know that it's a chernobyl Fukushima thing. I think it's more the waste issue yeah. around it. You know, where's the waste going to go? But other countries seem to manage it. But it's a very hot topic and you're getting a lot of um, powerful people coming forward and saying, well, we're going to look at modular nuclear. Um but we also have these critical minerals. We have lithium, we have vanadium, all of these things.
1: Can you just explain what vanadium is? I know what lithium is, but.
2: Vanadium's used for batteries. It's okay, basically it's basically mined. Thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you can use, there's several different types of batteries, but, you know, in your car is predominantly lithium batteries, yep. but they're highly flammable. Vanadium is not. So, you know, for me to go and buy an electric car in Australia is just. You know, we had CMV on that saw the Toyota dealerships talking about it and he said straight out, no, you're going to be covering long distances. It's just so early mm. days and it's gone from sort of the range anxiety of electric vehicles to now queue anxiety. People parking their cars up, leaving them, you know, plugged in and going for lunch and dinner and all this sort of stuff. So it's, you know, it's a fair way away from us. But it's all good conversation and it... it it gives, it's intended to give people a bit of a reality check that like coal is used for steelmaking and all of these sorts of things. Like people, when you're gluing yourself to the road, you're actually supporting the petrochemical industry. Do you get mm. that? Like understand what you're doing um, because change is slow. And the other factor for me is that some of the companies we're talking to have been traditional energy companies you know, that have been in fossil fuels and still are in fossil fuels because the world needs fossil fuels. But moving forward, these companies have significant R&D funding. They are also transitioning themselves because they have to and that doesn't matter whether it's a food company for carbon credits or it's an oil and gas company. So, you know, young people should go and work for these organisations because they are, you know, making large offshore wind commercial you know, and things like that. Mm. Total is the biggest offshore wind and traditionally you'd look at them as an oil and gas company.
0: I suppose it's a bit like they always say you should, you know, all the, the anti-gun people in the US should join the NRA mm. and then have a vote on whether guns should be no, legal. You think
2: it's slightly different because the NRA is <laughs> never going to do no, that. No. <laughs> but
0: what's, what's, your, what's your view on um, Just Stop Oil?
2: Well, the podcast is more about not debating it. It's more about people coming on and saying, okay, well, we've got these solutions. How to do it. And they're clean. Or we've got um, a natural gas play in South Australia where 100 years ago they found shallow hydrogen, you know, 100 metres deep from the surface. I mean, that's been sitting there all this time. So how can we utilise it better? I mean, we don't, we really don't have the same issues as the rest of the world, but.
1: I mean, what what I've found really great about your podcast, I've listened to a couple of episodes, is they're really informative and educational. I mean, you have to be very careful here anyway about what you read in the media because you know, kind of everyone has kind of your...
0: Your most annoying export. Who's that? my Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> it's American
2: now. It's American he? now.
1: Yeah. So, so.
0: It's so true, right? The
2: media, the amount of stuff that gets dictated back to me is just... You know, like, just listen to the podcast. You know, if you don't like Adani Cole, well, that, that's fine. But actually, just remember that your footy team is sponsored by these people. Just remember that that still came from coal. And until there's a different technology, which you could contribute to if you got off your fucking ass, like, mm. you know, it is the way that it is going to be and it's going to be a slow transition. Yeah, yeah. While you're still building concrete buildings, for goodness
0: sake. Um, so what do you listen to when you're out for a walk and you're listening to your podcast? What are you listening to?
2: Um, well, I, well, first of all, I read a book. So any history book. Um, so at the moment, because I've been to a few places here, I've purchased a few more books. I'm always fascinated about the, the lineage of the kings and the queens and all that sort of stuff. And having been in New York, the Gilded Age, anything to do with those people that landed there and created that, monster of a place. Like, you know, the people that put the The railways down, the copper mining. Yeah, all of the Dukes and Guggenheim and all that sort of stuff. So I love all that. Like, how did they do that? And then how did they lose it all, you know? By having children that did fuck all people. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I don't have that problem, but I can't switch it off now (laughs) because it's running. That uh, I read, I've read The Essential Entrepreneur, which I would encourage everyone to because it's a really practical book by Richard Turner, a South Australian guy. And I had him on the podcast and it's just like he has run all these successful businesses. It's a published book and um, it's like the practical guide. You know, he's just a sense of, I mean, he's the same age as me, he looks about 20. It's just a really sensible book to read as, a, as an entrepreneur. I think as podcast goes, I like listening to an Australian guy called uh, Mark Boris. Uh, whether you know it, Yellow Brick
1: Road. Oh, yes, yeah.
2: He has his selection of guests a really uh, range. Mm -hmm. You know, like he had Ash Barty, the tennis player's Mm -hmm. life coach on, who was ex-Nike. Okay. He's had a doctor talk about dementia. He had another Australian doctor that was actually living in New York that helps the mind of people like LeBron James and people like that. Yeah, just a really interesting... And then he'll So people
0: you wouldn't necessarily think of but are just really interesting people. Yeah, and then I just recycle it all to people and they're like... <laughs> 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 they're all like... Because I think it's really
2: interesting but that's, you know, again, uh, an effect of not drinking because what I think is interesting. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's fucking boring but um, I like that rather than going for someone and listening to the actresses talk and how deep mm. and meaningful everything is because it's not.
1: Okay. So, this is where we give you 30 seconds to pitch whatever you like. Off you go. So, be your business, your podcasts.
2: Okay. Well, we've talked about role advisory, right? So, contracts and procurement specialists, we're here. Give us a call. Um, Tough Talk, I think, is a bit of a game changer in business because it does give a balance to what the energy transition is all about. And you know, part of the thing about doing Tough Talk with Jody Rowe over here and finding people is so that Australia can learn from what to do and what not to do, the same way you guys can listen to ours and think, okay, what's going on down there with agriculture and sustainability and things like that. So, yeah, that that honestly, just get on board and lead, listen, for fuck's sake. <laughs> okay?
1: No, that, that, that's excellent. I mean, I just want to make one comment. I think that's one of the really interesting things off the back of the Australia-UK free trade agreement is that people in the UK are much more interested now and much more serious about what goes on in Australia and they value the opinion of Australia much more than I think they ever used to. Why so oh, is that? I, I just think it's because sort of, you know, it's a, it's a byproduct of having left the European Union. They need If they're outward looking, they need to look somewhere and suddenly kind of Australia's on their roadmap, so, which yeah. is fantastic. So.
2: Yeah, I you know honestly, if I could get more sort of people up to, I mean half of our audience is under forty five, mm. which shocked me, and the other half you know are old, so older. So, it, but if I could get people in their twenties listening rather than arguing to me about oil and things like that when they're driving a car, yeah you know, to actually understand this is very complicated, this is a complex issue and it's not just Australia. If you actually look at us compared to others, we're actually quite well placed. But because we've got, you know, South Australia 70% renewables, it's got all the critical minerals, we are, we can be the problem solver, right? We're very well placed for that. But, you know. That, you you really need to get people to get that and understand that hydrogen at the moment hasn't not one project that's really on a commercial scale. It's a long way to go. Yeah. Although we throw the word around like it's housing million, it's powering power millions. millions of houses. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. I mean, your stuff with carbon capture is fascinating, really interesting stuff. But you can do that because you're you know, a 10th the side of Queensland, right? So you can actually do... I don't know (laughs) that Australia is going to work quite the same way, but it's such a good concept. The fact that the government's, you know, they're backing it, it's great. But,
1: I mean, on the one hand, yes, back in carbon capture, but then, you know, on the other hand, they have this disastrous sort of outsourcing or kind of procurement process for wind farms where no one bid to kind of run out. I mean, that, that just made no that sense ridiculous. to me. Yeah, just crazy. Because, you know, let's face it, this country is pretty windy, so.
2: Yeah, it's the perfect thing to do. I mean, Australia needs to get on board with offshore wind, although we've got a huge landmass. Yeah. we still, You still need to put transition lines, right? Well, that's not cheap. You still have to manage all the farmers and the stakeholders and things like that. Yeah. QCLNG, the project that I was on in Queensland, had 1,900 farmers, mm. 1,900 landholders. That's a lot of people to negotiate with. Yeah.
1: Well, but g- given that most of those farms are the size of about you know, half, each of those farms is the size Huge. of you know, half of Cornwall. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I've
2: actually got a chap that I'm talking to who's a UK scientist and he looks after oceans Um, For the Commonwealth. So I'm talking to him about coming onto podcasts to understand the impact of offshore wind on the environment. So I think that will be that all, people all sit there and going, is she an oil and gas person or is she environmental? <laughs> but it doesn't really matter as long as you're actually presenting a balanced view from a range of different people.
1: That, that's exactly it. It's about presenting a balanced view. I mean, people can call you what they want, but as long as you're kind of giving them kind of different perspectives. Yeah, that's is the problem what it is. with the Murdoch-controlled media, particularly in Australia. You do, there is no perspective. So None
2: at all. People no. just regurgitate it yeah. back to you. Yeah. yeah. So. But I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you
0: absolute pleasure so there you have it that was this week's episode of Business Without Bullshit thank you to Jodie pleasure absolutely thank you to Antonio and to Simon thank you Pippa and we'll be back with our quiz Business or Bullshit on Thursday until then it's
1: ciao